0: Hello, Texans. Welcome to the show. Good evening. Thursday in the Hyundai Texans radio studio, which means the general John McClain from the Houston Chronicle is with us. John, how's it going?
1: Mark, it's been fun to be at practice. It's closer to the regular season, closer to the cut down date. But I got to tell you, I love L.A. And I can't go to L.A. Oh, I'm sorry. So I will be I've decided that I'm going to listen to you and Andre and I'm going to tweet like I do during games. Uh Uh-oh. So beware.
0: Uh-oh, you're going to tweet about better our performance. Better be on your toes. We'll be ready, General. 3 o'clock, by the way, folks. Boys and girls, 3 o'clock I like that. on do Saturday. Uh, I do and I don't. I think the TV ratings and the radio ratings, actually radio ratings probably better during the day, TV ratings better at night. Uh, TV ratings in the preseason are very high. The second highest rated TV series in Houston is Houston, Texas preseason football. But, you know, you want the maximum number. So night really helps that out. But as far as traveling and the football logistics side of it, I love it because it's in L.A., because the temperature will be nice.
1: Oh, the weather will be so nice. Yes. And the people at, you know, the Coliseum is such a dump. They're doing construction on yep. it.
0: $270 million upgrade.
1: I believe that you guys will have a makeshift press box yes, compared we will. to the one where we were yes.
0: last year. And I'm speaking with J.B. Long before we go out there. He's the voice of the Rams who started with them when they moved back to L.A. three years ago. So uh, he's going to tell me the lowdown. I I think it's going to be adequate. It's the NFL. It's going to be at least adequate. But I can tell you this because I'm responsible for preseason television and those guys getting plugged in, and that is no picnic. Got to run extra fiber lines and all this other stuff because it's a makeshift TV situation out there. And they're doing the renovation for USC, as you know. I mean, the Rams won't even be enjoying, so to speak, the improvements.
1: Maybe your makeshift press box will be like we had one when the Oilers were there. It was after the earthquake. Right. And they just put us in the stands
0: oh, gosh. up high mm-hmm.
1: and put countertops in front of us, and it's open air. Mm-hmm. and That
0: was like Miami Hurricanes baseball.
1: There were a lot of uh, gang members who decided to come sit and lean up against our press box, so they were down in front of us. And about in the first quarter, I'm like,
0: Mm. a little uh, secondary smoke, a little
1: secondary smoke. Mm -hmm. And uh, no, it was a lot of secondary (laughs) smoke. And the next thing I know, here comes Amy Tras, the executive from the Raiders with several cops coming down there to tell them. And I remember one guy screaming at her, calling her name, saying South Central bleep. And uh, they told him to cut that out or they were going to remove him. So, as soon as they left, they did it again. And I guess I I don't remember it. I remember getting really hungry in the second half. (laughs) Somebody said I wrote one of my all-time best stories.
0: See, there you go, So, maybe
1: you'll have that kind of uh, Uh, press box with the Coliseum.
0: You never know. I'm up for anything (laughs) in L.A. No, I'm not. So, the Texans will play the Rams. And they've been game planning this week. They have, the, they have the scout team jerseys out there. They've been getting ready for this. Starters back. Yeah, as if, in a way, as if it's a regular season game. Not quite all the way, but they want to get into that mode a little bit.
1: I like the fact, you know, they've held out the same nine nine starters. Right. The ones that are healthy will play. Whitney Merciless will not play because Whitney's still recovering from his hamstring injury. I believe Watt will play a series. Watson, I'm guessing, will play the – at least the first quarter. Hopkins and Fuller will be back. But it will be a much better barometer of what we're going to see from the Texans in regular season. And the more I think about the defense, with the guys coming back healthy, with the emergence of Duke Ejiofor, mm-hmm. who has just been a tremendous find and can help them off the bench, and then all the new players. I'm doing a column with Brian Gain for Saturday about the new players, how they fit in the competition in these last two games special teams how important that is and so i'm really fired up for at least the first quarter maybe the first half
0: i always like the second half too though general because we get to see some of these guys who are struggling to make the team josh kais is a guy who i'm not saying he's going to make it but he wants to make it he's and played I, well i know he's been around the block a little bit in the national football league but there are players like that i'll give you another one because I assume Kevin Johnson's going to be okay for the regular season. Yes. But you still have this situation at cornerback, which is interesting, and you want all the depth you can get. I want to see guys that got Andre like Andre Cheshire.
1: Andre Sacheray.
0: Yes. So I want to see players like that. And I just like to see some of those battles. I'll give you another one. Special teams, especially in game four. You know, the thing about Game 4 is the starters don't play. But the special team standouts do. Brian Peters has to play in Game 4 because he's got to play linebacker, so you're going to have him out there on special teams. So I think there are things to watch in every preseason game. I'll
1: give you something to watch. Okay. I'm writing about it for Friday. All right. How often do you hear somebody talk about a battle at punter, and that may be the best battle on the team? The reason is Shane Leckler, who's going into his 39th season, and is 52 years old, coming off a really good season. He, he told me today that he is in the fight of his life. But with uh, Trevor Daniel, the undrafted rookie from University of Tennessee, Daniel has done a tremendous job. And Shane knows it. But I asked Shane, I said, are you like the heavyweight champion? Here comes the contender. He's got to knock you out to get this job. He said, I don't, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. He said, but Trevor has done great and I've had to do things that I don't usually do in camp, so he knows it. Said he loves working with Brad Seeley. You know, Brad was uh, in New England when they moved on from Adam Vinatieri and went with Steven Goskowski.
0: A bold move, and it worked out and very worked well out. for them.
1: He's helped them win multiple Super Bowls. Oakland, when they moved on from Sebastian Janikowski. So Brad Seeley, I, I think – he understands history but he wants to see what he goes what he's gonna go by. Shane's a great holder. Mm-hmm. And Trevor Daniel, when I did a story on him at the end of the minicamp, he said at University of Tennessee he practiced it every day, but he didn't have to do it in a game. And that's one of those things you just take for granted. Yeah, you do. Until
0: it doesn't work. It's like John Weeks, you take him for granted. Yeah,
1: John I don't I mean the greatest snapper in the history of football at any sure. level, John Taylor. has never had a bad snap. And uh, and uh, so I'm watching that. Last two games, those guys will be punting. And then I still – Shane's coming off a good year, Mark. You saw every punt he had last year. And if you let Daniel go, he's going to be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And he could turn out to be really good. And then can you find another one next year or the year after whenever Shane retires? So there is a lot for Bill O'Brien, Brad Sealy, and Brian Gain to consider – About the punting competition.
0: It's really interesting, John, because Daniel, like you said, does he have to knock out Leckler? Does he have to punt his brains out in order to win that job? Or let's say there's a tie. Daniel, you could have forever, right? Leckler's not going to play forever. And when you're 42, whatever you do, sports wise, it can go very quickly. I'm not saying it's going to happen that way with Shane, but you never know. So. This is a very interesting battle. I would err on the side of Leckler, though. I mean, that's probably the way you want to handle this.
1: I've never been covered a team in my 40 years where when you're looking at the battles of all the positions, punter's the one that uh, is the biggest.
0: Is that the biggest, really?
1: Yeah, what's bigger than Shane Leckler?
0: I mean, he's big because he's a future Hall of Famer and all that. But as far as close competition, all right, let's go down some position groups because we talked last week, but things change week to week. I want to start at running back here. Because Tyler Irvin is returning punts, and he, they have – Not returns. really
1: doing anything.
0: Well, and I don't know. I have seen many people do much in recent years around here in that <laughs> – I'm just being honest. No, you are in being honest. In that category. Honest. It's he funny that – fits right in. The Morning Show guys were talking about Keyshawn Martin, and he had a year where he was among the league leaders in average, but he never broke a big one. You know, he'd always give you, like, ten, and that's a good average and right Right now you'd take ten. Oh, I'll take ten, and a sure-handed punt catcher, if you will – but you want to see some explosive, potentially explosive plays in that department. So what do you make of Tyler Irvin? Because you're coming into the regular season here, and Deontay Foreman, I would assume, goes to PUP, but I'm he not sure. He
1: won't be there. I'm thinking he's on PUP. And then you got Alfred Blue, number two, and I am think Troy Main Pope's going to be number three. Mm. And uh, Kiki QT is going to be the kickoff returner, isn't he, now that he's back?
0: Kickoff, punt, uh, he could return punts, too.
1: He. It's hard to take a guy – who didn't return punts in college and make him into a punt returner because it's totally different, as you know, than being a kickoff returner. And I'm not sure how much he did it there. He was really good at kickoff returns. You know, anything would be uh, – They remember Jerome Mathis? That's what he did, kickoff returns, went to 2005. the two thousand five. Mel Gray was here a little bit at the end of his career. But um, I think it's imperative if you – one reason they hired Brad Seeley is they want to improve the coverage – and then to try to develop somebody to impact field position.
0: Where are you at with tight ends right now? Three? Three. Okay, so Steven Anderson really on the bubble here. Fight to make the roster.
1: Ryan Griffin is clearly the starter. Mm-hmm. You know, Ryan, if, he's, if he stays healthy, I think he can be really good. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing you do too. He's, he's such Ryan a, reliable. Such a big target down the middle. Yep. I was watching him make some great catches in practice. And then is the you got Jordan Thomas, a really good blocker, who made a great one in catch practice today. And then you have Jordan Akins, a really good receiver. I just don't see any room uh, for Steven Anderson. Although I don't know how he could keep more than three running backs, considering what you got. Keep an extra receiver. You know, keep Joe Webb as third quarterback because mm-hmm. he can do other things. But um, I, I still none of those are as intriguing. As the punting.
0: Well, because, yeah, you have a 42-year-old legend. Because you legend.
1: Have Shane Leckler, who will probably be the second punter inducted into the Hall of Fame behind Ray Guy.
0: Okay, let's go to wide receiver here for a moment because Fuller, Hopkins, great. And then it gets really interesting after that. Obviously, Kiki QT. Is Ellington a lock? Oh, yeah, yes. Ellington.
1: Those top four are locked. Sammy
0: Coates. I uh, think he's a lock, too, John.
1: Uh, well, do you keep five or six? Do you keep five and you keep Coates and cut Miller?
0: I think Miller's in a fight to make the roster right now. I think he is, He's on the bubble, and it's going to be tough. And, look, he's had a better cap, there's no question, but there's a lot of competition here. It's a luxury problem for the coaches.
1: Coach had three catches in the game against San Francisco. And he's back from the concussion already. Back from the concussion, looked good in practice. I'm really eager to see both of them, but especially Coach in these last two games.
0: And then you look at Vincent Smith, who had the big catch at the end of the game the other night. That was a nice reception. I'm not saying it makes the team automatically.
1: And smart to roll in the end zone yeah as opposed to the forty er player just looked at him um uh, yeah jester will you
0: mhm,
1: he didn't play, maybe you shouldn't play him,
0: maybe not. he looks pretty good in practice, if doesn't he looks he?
1: good with that size, you try to put him on a practice squad, yeah. Ooh.
0: Where's uh, number 86, folks? And when I saw him at the Greenbrier at first, I'm thinking, you know, from, a, di- in. from a distance, I thought, oh, it's Aikens. No, no, it's 86. It's it's Weah. Wow, he looks like a tight end from afar.
1: And he's got to be bigger. Than it's funny because
0: see. they have a receiver who looks like a tight end and a tight end who looks like an offensive lineman in Jordan Thomas. <laughs> That's how it's going with this
1: team. He does. I don't know if he's 280 or 275. He made
0: a couple of catches today. Thomas did. did. Oh, boy. And he
1: turned it up and got down the sideline fast, Mm -hmm. made him think he was back playing wide receiver in college. That guy, it may take maybe it's next year, but, man, he looks like a – an imposing weapon.
0: I think he finds a way to get on the field and make some plays this year for sure. And you never know what happens injury-wise. I mean, that's going to be part of the drama, part of the story this season. I hope it's not a big part of the story. Let's go to offensive line here for a moment, John, as Martinez Rankin comes back this week and comes back. We've never really seen him. Rookie camp. So what do you think? How long is it going to take him to get up to speed you really need to see what you got with him at tackle.
1: Bill O'Brien said something very interesting this week talking about Rankin. He said the injured players, now he's not talking about injured reserve where you come you and get your treatment and you go, and we never see them. But with guys like Rankin, anybody else that's hurt, they go through every meeting. They go through the walkthroughs. So when they're healthy, they're expected to step in and do their job and not be lagging behind on the mental stuff because they've been there The whole time. So I would imagine Rankin, he played left tackle in Mississippi State. They got him at left tackle. I think they like Julian Davenport. You know, they could eventually or next year, if Chantrell Henderson doesn't come back or if he's not real good, you can move Davenport to the right side. But, and Rankin for the future could move inside. That's one reason they liked his versatility, but they're not going to hamper him. By moving him around right now, he's playing the position that will be the smoothest transition for him, which is left tackle, and then we'll see. But he's, he's got to be the swing tackle on game days.
0: I think he does, and you've drafted him to be at least that, so let's see how it works out. So you have your starting five, you have Rankin, you have Mance, who's a lock to make the offensive line. There's no question in my mind about that. So there's seven, John, and on game day you have seven. But you've right. got to have,
1: another, you have another tackle and another inside guy.
0: Okay, so it's Fuller versus Quisenberry inside. That's going to be interesting to see how they see it.
1: Kyle Fuller could go on the practice squad. They like him a lot. He can play center guard. Dave can play either guard. As much as I love Kyle Fuller and Baylor players, I like Quisenberry even more. I'd like to see Quiz uh, be on the roster and maybe Fuller be signed to the practice squad.
0: See how it works out. Let's talk a little quarterback and then get into the defense and some stuff on Brad Seeley as well, who is a very interesting figure as we approach the 2018 regular season. It's Texans All-Access. It's All-Access. Keeping it coming here on Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. Mark Vandermeer with you with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. And here we go, General. Let's talk a little quarterback. I think Deshaun Watson's going to make this team. Now, I think Deshaun Watson looks pretty darn good. The game last week, man, you watch some of the plays he makes in practice. It's really, it's fun to watch practice. It's more fun, I think, than it's ever been to watch practice with number four at the helm.
1: That series last week, he had two drop passes by Miller and uh by Braxton Miller. Well, Brian says Sellington, it might have been three. Really? I don't know. And, um,
0: the other one hit the guy in the hands? I'm just oh, saying. that's a
1: good point. And I'm eager to see him against the Rams. I'm eager to see how. If the Rams are going to play their starters, Marcus keep Keeb Tlaib,
0: and Sue. Gosh, they have a lot of names you they know. They do,
1: and that's not even counting Aaron Donald. And so, LaMarcus Joyner. Mm-hmm. I picked them to go to Super Bowl against the Patriots. And so, I want to see how Watson and the offensive line, how the line holds up because they haven't allowed a sack, had not been a lot of hits. Yep. But Deshaun is not even – he's not run yet. Yeah. I did a story today about his effect on the running game and – not because he runs a lot, but because of how the defense has to play because of him. And you know they'll save any of that for regular season. But the idea now, drop back, get the ball out. Everything's about getting the ball out, making quick decisions. I was very impressed on the touchdown pass to Bruce Ellington, number one. Ellington's in the slot. The guy covering him moved off, and he just casually took a step over the goal line hoping that Watson would see him. He did easy touchdown. i yeah. never seen a guy not run and stop. He just stepped across like he was stepping off a curb, yeah. and uh, it was a terrible middle mistake by the 49er. And the fact that Watson, with all those options, saw him immediately and got it to him, I'm uh, just like you. I can't wait to see Deshaun Watson.
0: I mean, that's one of those things that he has. Certain guys have that where they can see the entire field and they just know what's going on, and those two have some chemistry. There's no doubt. I mean, especially without DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller playing, Ellington's his number one guy in the preseason, and he can rely on him. They already have a little bit of a history from last year.
1: I can't wait till they get the starting receivers back. Ellington will be number three they need four, they'll put Kiki QT. It's going to take him a while, I think, to work his way in after being out so long with that hamstring injury. But, you know, Ellington made big some big plays last year, but he got he hurt. His reason he was available, because he's hurt. He needs yeah. to have a season if he stays healthy. That's the thing. If you're a Texans fan, you need to be worried the most. Is not like guys. A lot of guys last year got hurt for the first time. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of guys that keep getting hurt.
0: Right, That's what you worry about. All right, so you want my idea about Joe Webb? It is,
1: because I think I'm going to agree with it.
0: Okay, you definitely have Joe Webb on this 53-man roster, and you have to have Whedon, please. I mean, you have to have Whedon. I know he didn't play that well last week in the game, but he played well the week before. Let's see what he does against the Rams. But when you go to the 46 on, on Sunday, so for those who don't know, you go to a 46 available player list. The rest of the guys are inactive. Here's my plan. Deactivate Whedon. That's it. You're starting a healthy Watson in the game, right? I'm not saying Whedon's off the team. He's on your 53. But in a game, if I can play Joe Webb on special teams, and if, God forbid, something happened to Watson, I feel like I can fake my way through the game with Joe Webb, him doing all his Joe webby and stuff, and I can maybe get away with that for an afternoon. And then the next week I'll start Whedon and have Webb as my backup if I need to. Because, look, even And I'm not even talking catastrophic Watson injury situation. What if there's a concussion and he has to leave the game or something like that and he's back the next week? Great. But you still have to get through that afternoon. I think I can do that with Joe Webb. I think I'm going to submit this to the coaching staff. That is
1: uh, radical and mm-hmm. uh, because what if Joe gets hurt running down covering a kick or making a tackle?
0: That's why you need to have Leckler win the punting job over Trevor Daniel, General. <laughs> there you go. I've got it all figured out. Thank you.
1: Well, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Weedon will be the backup. <laughs> Webb will be active, and they'll have him doing different things.
0: You're just a dream douser.
1: Webb can be the last receiver in emergency. He can, yeah. and he's definitely going to play special teams. What
0: would Webb have done on this team last year? That's what I want to know. The game against Tennessee where they ran out of receivers, and they I think I was about to start running routes. and it, Webb would have been a receiver in that game. He would have been
1: a wide receiver. That's why. He's all about special teams right now. Mm-hmm. It's not about him being the third quarterback cuz the third quarterback's not going to play and uh they love Joe. They just yeah.
0: love it. And you know, I heard Seth last week and he was kind of going on or maybe it was this week, he was talking about Webb and oh, it's Monday morning. How everybody's in love with Joe Webb, but he's not that great at quarterback or whatever. It's not about that. This is an August story to me. It's the legend of Joe Webb. He's so likable. He's kind of a – he's not a folk hero here. Let's not oversell it. But he's very likable. People enjoy being around him. The coaching staff loves him because he busts his butt. And I think it's a fun preseason story. Let's see where it takes us.
1: Is there a bigger folk hero here than T.J. Yates? No, he's the one. He's the one, General.
0: He is the guy. In fact, Gray Moore, who works with us in video, you know Gray. Yep. Gray and Fox Sports Southwest, we still have shows there, but they used to produce him and Gray worked there. That's how we got to know him. But he's come and gone with us, and he came in. You know, we needed him again this preseason, and he comes and he says, I'm the T.J. Yates of Texans TV, <laughs> and we are cracking up because it's so true. That's what Yates is. Now I don't want to see him again, <laughs> <laughs> unless you're in Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, unless we're at Cincinnati, or I see, I want, I really wish TJ would live here and be a Texans ambassador. He'd be the greatest. Oh I mean, goodness. it'd be so much fun. I mean, good. TJ, he's got to understand that he could do autograph shows here and appearances he could forever. Do talk shows? Yes, he's the guy. I mean, think about it. So I don't know. He's he is a folk hero for the Houston Texans and a wonderful human. TJ Yates. All right, let's talk about defense a little bit here, John. You and I talked about it last year. Defensive line, they're all set. now. Let's Clowney's
1: playing right in. Stay so it healthy. That means Clowney, Watt, and Reeder. That is there a better defensive line in the NFL? No.
0: So you're going to go in base. Maybe
1: with Darnell and Sue.
0: In base, you go those three guys and Scarlett and Merciless outside and they, or maybe Edge of Four.
1: And, well, I think it'll be Scarlett starting off. Edge of Four will play in, in the rotation. Mm-hmm. You know, his, most of um, – He's good at playing down, which is what he played in college. But last week when he made his play against Dante Pettis, he was up. Yep. So I, I, everybody loves He's to a baller. for. And I told him this week, I said, that labrum surgery cost you some money. He said, yes, it did. But look, I get to come home, get my family's yep. here, my friends are here, get to play for my favorite team. It's so he feels blessed yeah and uh seems to
0: have a great attitude about that too because certain guys coming home might not be the best thing and i don't care what your psychological makeup is it's a distraction to many you know just have family members around and great family members even could be a distraction but it seems to be working out for him so far
1: i asked check just to double check to make sure we see him make big plays but is he screwing up on the others no He's mm-hmm. not. They got a steal in the sixth round in Duke. Hedgefield.
0: That's great news. Well, you mentioned Clowney being an end. I still say, all right, if that if you classify Clowney for the fifty three man roster, well, or, he
1: lined up at right in where Romeo hit him two years ago.
0: If you have him classified as a d- defensive lineman, I, I'm keeping seven. I'm keeping seven. Yeah, but I linemen.
1: also don't think in the course of a season for him, like if he's going to be a franchise. Mm-hmm. uh it'll be down to where he played so many snaps. And considering the way offenses play. He'll I don't, play outside linebacker Yeah, a lot. he'll be playing yeah. linebacker a lot. And I can't wait to see how Romeo moves him around. You and know you that, know it's going to happen. And and Clowney and Watt will be on right or left. Clowney, I remember two years ago, sometimes stood up over the center and there's only one defensive lineman on the field based on what Romeo was doing.
0: They they put, did that with Cushing and Merciless, too. Yeah, Put them over the they center. Did.
1: And uh, I I just think that's going to be so exciting to watch it. But the front seven, doesn't matter if Clowney's down or up and Scarlett's in, that front seven is going to be, should be really good.
0: Okay, so if you uh, do what you said, and Clowney's a defensive lineman, now let's go to outside linebacker, because we talked about Scarlett and Four. and what else are they doing there? What else are they doing at outside linebacker? Whitney, Scarlett, Edge of four. Is there a fourth? Does Callum so make the So we're talking about
1: six linebackers. they got to have more than that.
0: Well, I'm talking about – Peters so,
1: would be seven. got to have another outside linebacker.
0: All right, so Peter Callum Uh
1: Is there anybody other than him? Is Latroy he, Lewis. You know, they might like one of those guys that came here like Latroy Lewis. Mm-hmm.
0: What about inside backer? Is it definitely – I mean, you have Cole and Peters back it up the, to the top two, Cunningham. And McKinney. So I think that's about it for them. Josh Kies would love to make the team. We'll see. I don't know. But if he makes it, that means you're dropping an outside linebacker or you're not going to keep seven defensive linemen as I want to.
1: Considering the outside linebackers rush the passer, I think you're going to keep an extra one there over a fourth inside guy. Mm-hmm. And of course it comes down to special teams. All these things we're talking about yep. come down to special teams. And it's teams. hard for
0: us to gauge that because oh, this is our number three guy in the kickoff coverage unit and he's so good and he's got you, those are the things that we don't really see much unless you're watching a ton of tape or whatever. And even then, it's hard to evaluate if you're a non-football okay. guy.
1: Other than the offensive line, mm-hmm. tell me a position you're more worried about than the others.
0: Other than offensive line? Yeah. Well, i got to say, with the health of Kevin Johnson right now, and I I hope he comes back 100%, but I'm still not completely comfortable at cornerback. You know, Jonathan Joseph, I think, will play well. Because when J. Joe's healthy, he plays well. But J. Joe's not getting any younger. And what did we just say in the last segment about guys like Leckler or Brady or whoever? When you hit a certain age in this league, sometimes it goes quickly. I'm not saying it will, but you got to be prepared for that. So Aaron Colvin, who started in base defense outside on Saturday night against the 49ers, Maybe they play him there. I don't know. But is Johnson going to come back healthy? Do they need more insurance? We talked about Chachere. I don't know. Jermaine Kelly's banged up. He might open the season on Pup. I I don't even know that for sure. It's not good
1: when his seventh-round picks hurt.
0: Yeah, not good for him, and maybe they really like him, so they want to hang on to him for a while. I mean, they had to sign Bryce Jones this week because they needed some help. And if Thornton getting, went out with the injury, if you're
1: getting a jam, do you move Kareem back? Although Kareem was playing slot receivers, and that's Aaron Colvin's job.
0: Well, I think that that's one area where you could do it. Now, in the course of a game, you could do anything. You could put Tyron Matthew out a corner if you had to, and or Kareem or whoever, you know, and, and just sort of make your way through that afternoon. Over a longer haul, it gets interesting thornton who's out waved injured i kind of i I don't know what they really thought of him but he was making plays in camp and i thought oh, maybe this guy emerges it's one of those undrafteds who you know when you see the magic of an aj boy story you hope for the very best for these undrafted
1: what about d virgins he have a prayer
0: i think he's got a prayer. He hits hard He makes plays, but he also got burned on that play, the deep, where they had the incompletion, the 49ers did last week. But, you know, guys are going to get burned. And Jonathan Joseph, everybody gets burned from time to time, so I'm not going to evaluate him on that. I've noticed him making plays, though. He does make plays, so uh, we'll see. I I don't know how they gauge it with all the tape they have to watch. And
1: they're going to be – Brian Gaines is going to be bringing in so many guys here because they're going to be churning the bottom of the roster. So once those cuts are made down to – Fifty-three. We're going to see them having guys come well, through here, but everybody
0: will. So yep. we'll see how that goes. You know,
1: y'all get. Um, where would your claim be, waiver mm-hmm. claim? Since you were four, since they were four and twelve. Yeah,
0: yeah. It'll be nice, but it goes away after week one, correct? So you only uh, get yeah. you only get the the dibs that you have in the draft. Yep. As of right now, or the cuts after the fourth preseason game.
1: It's going to be important. Plus, there are going to be some veterans
0: cut. There will be some veterans cut, but it's unlikely. People talk about tackle. Look, you're not going to get Corners. you know Orlando Pace at nope. his prime nope. cut by a team. And you're not going to get
1: a good corner either.
0: No, because it's like pitching. We're not going to let go of one of those guys right now. you know, you have to trade for somebody, and rarely do teams have a surplus at corner and tackle. They might have a guy who can play a little bit, but it's not like a pro bowler is going to hang out and, all right, let's get rid of him.
1: You just hope that somebody might fit your scheme. That you've had your eye on, or maybe was yeah. here before and went to another team.
0: All right, let me ask you this about Brad Seely: Three decades he's coached, coached special teams. This is teams. his
1: eighth team, and he's been the coordinator of all of them.
0: And he's been assistant head coach for two different teams. I mean, this is a very experienced coach. You could argue that this is the best special teams coach they've oh, ever had. Yes. Joe Marciano was good on special teams for yes. a long time here, but this is a guy who's won things in this league. Three he's got pelt. Yes.
1: I wonder if Brad regrets leaving New England to go. I think he went with Eric Mangini to Cleveland. I'm guessing they gave him a big raise. But uh, Ted Johnson just swore by him when he was with the Patriots, mm-hmm. and they won three rings together. So I'm real excited to see what he's going to do here. Yep. And he's about to be able to get players too.
0: Yeah, well, players and scheme and practice time. I don't know this for a fact. It feels like they spend more time on special teams in practice than they used to. It's probably not the case, but I'm going to ask at some point because it feels that way. Because every time I look at a period number one offense against number one defense, it feels like it goes by in the blink of an eye. And then all of a sudden I'm back watching punt formation and they're wearing the little yarmulkes or whatever they call them. Well,
1: that would be good Mm because they need to work.
0: Yeah, that would be good. All right, we have one more segment with the General John McClain. Let's talk about how Andrew Luck and the Colts looked the other night. What are the Titans up to in the preseason? The general has insight into what's happening in Nashville. And, of course, our boys from North Florida, the defending AFC South champions. That's right. We'll discuss them as well on Texans All Access. It's the show that keeps you up to date with your Houston Texans. Texans All-Access here from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm Mark Vandermeer with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, and we keep it rolling here. And, of course, the AFC South could be the best division in football. I've been asked this on a number of shows. I know you're on a ton of shows, John. What do you say to people when they ask you? Is this the best division in pro football?
1: Could be. I think the NFC South is uh, the other one when, uh, they, mm. with Carolina, New Orleans, and Atlanta. Yep. And you also look at the quarterbacks. They have four good quarterbacks. Jameis Winston's being suspended, of course. Everybody thinks Tampa Bay's going to get off to a really bad start. It's a tough schedule anyway. You know, you're usually judged on your weakest link. Yeah. Is Indianapolis with Andrew Luck going to be better than Tampa Bay with Jameis Winston coming back from his suspension? But I think because if the quarterbacks all stay healthy, there won't be – Any other division other than the NFC West that could be better than the AFC South?
0: Well, when I watched the Colts against the Ravens the other night, I don't know how you felt. And I hate to gauge too much on preseason football. I mean, come on. But they did not look very good. Now, there's a long way to go, and they can get better. And Andrew Luck is Andrew Luck. I mean, when he gets fully recovered, he's going to be very dangerous. But... They just don't seem to have the weapons, John. O-line has always been a problem since he's been there, but they had good receivers, tight ends. They had some weapons. doesn't look like they have the weaponry right now.
1: They got T.Y. Hilton. They got Jack Doyle. Yeah. Ryan Kelly, number one pick. uh, Quentin Nelson, number one pick. They have invested in their offensive line high picks compared to the Texans who have Nick Martin, a second-rounder, but I don't put any stock in it. The only thing I looked at with Andrew Luck did he take a hit and did he get up? Yeah. Because after, as long as he's been out, he's not going to come out and all of a sudden be really accurate. Uh, but I look for them to be capable of beating any team in the division but still finishing last. I think
0: that's the thing. They can beat any team in the division on a given day. And two years ago with Luck, that team went 8-8. Eight and eight. And, look, the Texans beat them here. They beat them up there in 2016. But it was not easy. So we'll see how that goes. What about what's happening in Nashville right now, John? How are they feeling about what they're doing in the preseason?
1: Uh, Derrick Henry's now the starting running back, and they brought in Deion Lewis from uh, New England as a change of pace. They have big plans for both of them. Mm -hmm. You know, Mike Vrabel's a former defensive coordinator. Every former defensive coordinator wants to run the ball first and foremost. And so they're going to pound the ball. They're not going to call it exotic smash mouth. Mariota will run a little bit. Corey Davis, their number one pick last year, he's always battling injuries. Delaney Walker's, I believe, hurt right now. They gave Rashard Matthews an extension. They don't have Jack Conklin back. He blew out his knee at the end of last season. That's not good. Defensively, uh, their first pick, Rashawn Evans, can't get on the field. He was hurt. He came back, played three plays, got in was a recurrence of whatever the injury is. Shocking Mike Braybill didn't tell him what the injury is. wonder where he got that. And uh, uh, Harold Landry, their second-round pick has been really, really good. So they've worked on the defensive side in the offseason and the draft, free agency but I don't see them. I see them going 9, 7, 10, and 6 and making wow. a wild card. I picked in our football section, which comes out Sunday, in a chronicle, in a magazine, I picked Jaguars, Texans, and Titans to go to the playoffs.
0: First time in the AFC South they get three teams in since 2007, and the Texans were not one of those three.
1: And, I, and I, when I make the case for people, they're like, wow, what? And I said, well, who from the east yeah. other than the Patriots? Who from the north? Everybody says Lamar Jackson is going to replace Joe Flacco. Lamar Jackson hasn't done squat that I've seen. Yeah. That's impressed me other than run. And then in the West, Kansas City, new quarterback, Oakland, new coach. Denver, I'm not impressed with Vance Joseph. And then uh, I think
0: uh, San Diego. I mean, the L.A. The Chargers. Chargers do not
1: have a home field advantage. And yeah. all the people picking them to win, I ask, would you pick any other team in the league if they played every game on the road? Everything I've read and people I've talked to—they have no home field advantage where they play, yeah. and half the time, the opponent has more fans there than they do.
0: Well, I mean that's and in a building that size, I could get it if it was a ninety-thousand-seat building and you had thirty-thousand potential available seats every week, but it's a thirty-thousand-seat stadium. Not even that, and the opponents are dominating it. The Chargers move to L.A. so far looks ridiculous, but I get it. They couldn't get a stadium built in San Diego. It's they too tried bad for them. 15
1: years, and I, but I would love to pick the Chargers. They got the talent, but that has got to play a role over the course of a season.
0: Yeah, no doubt. All right, so in the east, Buffalo? No. Mm, no way, huh? No. Went to the playoffs they're last gonna, year, but they changed. take
1: the biggest fall in the league.
0: Okay, Miami.
1: Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Tannehill, I don't think so.
0: I was on a talk show in Miami this week, and they said, well, we'll see you in October. I said, is Is Osweiler playing? And I said, please. And they thought I was a little rude saying that. I guess it kind of was. They
1: don't understand how big that would be here.
0: It it wasn't anything against Brock. Maybe it was. It wasn't anything against Brock as much as it was for the drama of seeing him start for another team in this building and how fired up the fans are. Can you imagine
1: the talk shows like us talking about it? Everybody wanting to talk about it?
0: Mm hmm. I just can't wait for the season. It's going to be so good. All right. What about the New York Jets, though, John? A lot of people say that they could surprise some people. Not playoff surprise, but win more than you think.
1: Uh, with a rookie quarterback? Yeah. I mean, rookie quarterbacks do very well.
0: What would you do if you're Mike McKagan with Teddy Bridgewater?
1: Uh, I would hang on to him, and I would wait until other teams had quarterbacks go down during the season. If I had to wait a trading deadline, try to get two franchises, need quarterbacks, maximize it. But remember, he's on a one-year contract.
0: Mm-hmm. What are you going to get for him? If
1: you're going to trade for him, would you have to sign him to a multi-year deal? And really, what has Bridgewater done in the preseason no. that makes you think, this is my franchise quarterback?
0: He stood up. No, he's not a franchise quarterback. The fact
1: what? that he's returned from an injury that was just unbelievable, it was that in itself is just astonishing.
0: Here, Here is who he is. If, God forbid, something happened here, for instance – you might want to look at that, right? That's who he is. He's not a franchise guy. He's somebody who looks pretty good that maybe you could fall in love with over the course of a season. For instance, when the Dolphins lost Tannehill, well, they went to Jay Cutler. I hate to use the word accomplished, but more accomplished than Brid- Bridgewater, a lot of water good under experienced. the bridge there. Yeah, and, and certainly a guy who is a playmaker, but he also makes mistakes. But my point is this. It'll be that kind of team where you lose your starting quarterback, you're not in love with your backup, and let's see what we have in Teddy and go from there. Kind of like what the Vikings did with Sam Bradford. Exactly. You know, that sort of thing. Although they traded a one for him. You're not trading a one for Teddy Bridgewater.
1: Well, you'd think not because – But the price might go high. Bradford was hurt, and he still did it, and he got hurt. Mm -hmm. In Bridgewater, I think whatever we think right now he would go for, he'll go for more because of desperation.
0: Yeah, Interesting. Like, okay. I don't
1: want to – now, I will not want to even bring it up about here.
0: John, nobody's talking about the Steelers, really. Should well, they, they
1: be? Yes. I mean, there is – they're right up there behind New England. And, you know, they lose at home to Jacksonville. A lot of people are down on them, but they still – Le'Veon Bell will come back. Yep. Having their big three. I mean, they're talented. they got a good offensive line. Got a good enough defense. Mm-hmm. I'm still amazed that Jacksonville went in there and beat the heck out of them.
0: The Vikings with Kirk Cousins. I think
1: the Vikings are, with the defense and with the running game, with the receivers, are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. We'll be contending with Green Bay for the division.
0: Okay, and what about out west in that division? We just saw San Francisco here. Rams. no I doubt.
1: Rams to the Super Bowl.
0: Does anybody else make the playoffs out of the west in the NFC? A lot of
1: people think the 49ers. I think Seattle's going down, not even a winning record. And I think that uh, mm. Arizona – We'll be going with Josh Rosen, and rookie quarterbacks just don't do much.
0: Uh, Historically, do not. We had one here last year who in six and a half games threw 19 touchdown passes, but that's highly unusual. I think, John, that – here, I came up with a theory. Watson's success – and this happens in this league. If you see a rookie quarterback have success, then all of a sudden everyone thinks maybe I should be playing my rookie quarterback, right? What about this for announcers? Tony Romo does very well as a rookie number one network analyst did that sort of inflate Witten's stock of and enable him to get on Monday Night Football as the lead guy? Of course it did. Okay. I'll
1: tell you something, if Texans fans, I'm not saying worry about it, but think about it. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that there's a, a time-honored uh, adage, sophomore jinx.
0: There's a reason? Because it does happen from time to time? It
1: does happen. So All right. Sports well, Illustrated jinx?
0: Oh, forget about Sports Illustrated. There's... That's that's a bunch of crap right
1: Perpetuated now. Perpetuated by Sports Illustrated. No,
0: <laughs> stop it, General. Really. I have the cover right here. By the way, this is a regional cover. There are four different players on the cover of Sports Illustrated. It's not just him. So they go regional with the covers. So that doesn't even count in a jinx format. Of course Here's not. the other thing. It's been broken so many times it doesn't matter. There's no jinx. And I don't believe in jinxes. It's funny because I used to do shows on the, uh, the Billy Goat jinx with the Cubs and Of course, the curse of the Bambino and everything. And, you know, we were talking about jinxes on the show, and people said, I don't know if there's such a thing. I'm like, of course there's no such thing as a jinx. It's just fun talk radio stuff. A jinx, please. Anyway, don't bring that up again, John. I won't bring it up again. All right, what do you have going on in the Houston Chronicle?
1: I have a column on Friday about Shane Leckler talking about being in the battle of his life with Mm -hmm. rookie Trevor Daniel. I have a thing for Saturday with... um, Brian Gain talking about the roster, the last two games, importance, where they are as a team, their depth, uh, things they want to accomplish, and then I know Aaron Wilson is writing about Kiki Q T being back, and uh, uh, we got a lot of stuff on uh, in the Chronicle, dot com, and um, Mark almost everything I write goes on our pay site, mm-hmm. Texas Sports Nation. I'm 20, already paying for the Chronicle. Twenty nine nine. Well, you can get it for nineteen ninety five. So I tweet it, but people, like, if it goes in the Chronicle, hey, it's great to have you back. I say, I've been back <laughs> since they came from the Green Bar. But everything is on TexasSportsNation.com, so check it out, please. Have fun in L.A. I'll be listening Wait, got, to you for the first time.
0: I'm looking forward to that. I got one more for you on the way out. Mission Impossible, the new movie. Is it the best Mission Impossible movie?
1: I went back and watched all of them leading up to this one right. to refresh me because it's mm-hmm. been a while And I believe it was the idea of 55- or 6-year-old Tom Cruise doing so many of his own stunts. It's crazy. And also the scenery was great. So, yes, I liked it better than the others.
0: I'll tell you what. I am a big fan of the old TV show. I'm sure you are too. The one thing I didn't like about any of these movies is the TV show was a true ensemble team effort in these missions. Peter Graves was just the guy, right? But he, he delegated. But they were all even. They were all equals. When they started these movies, crew said, I'm the guy, and I have these supporting figures, but really it's Ethan Hunt. And they killed Jim Phelps in the very first Mission Impossible John movie. John he was a bad guy. Yeah, he was a bad guy. I mean, don't make Jim Phelps a bad guy in the first ten minutes of Mission Impossible on screen. What are you
1: doing? The first one in 1996, he had a whole different crew.
0: Yeah, he did, and I do like these movies. They're really entertaining. I love the Bourne movies and these movies. It's great. It's a thrill ride. Oh, I love them. It's not very deep, but it's so much fun in the theater. Speaking of
1: not very deep, go mm-hmm. see Crazy Rich Asians. I really enjoyed it.
0: I, I'll definitely go check do it that. out.
1: It's a it's a good. Easy movie to see, and Black Klansman is not easy to see, but it's great. Spike Lee's best movie great. ever. His far best I'm movie concerned. ever? I believe it better is. Better than Malcolm X? I think it's, boy, I think it's, wow. a, I liked it better than Malcolm X. Because it's Malcolm based X on a great. true story like Malcolm X. Okay. But it's, it's right up there with it.
0: Got to check it out. Thank you, John. Have fun in L.A. Thank you. Thank you. That's John McClain for the Houston Chronicle. Thanks to everyone for listening. We'll be back on tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Johnny Harris, and he'll be talking a little college football as well as getting you ready for the Texans and Rams. That's Sunday in L.A., 3 o'clock, Sports Radio 610, ABC 13. Check it out. Thank you, Joseph, for producing. Have a great night, and go Texans.